0: Unacceptable, a podcast for parents raising children with neurological differences. My five-year-old daughter Remy has autism and epilepsy, and while this hasn't been the easiest road, it's a road with more wonder and adventure than I could have ever imagined. I'm here to give you encouragement and share wisdom and stories to help you along in your own journey, because let's face it, this parenting thing is not easy. I'm your host, Jody Warshawski, a wife, a mother of four, and a gal just trying to figure all this stuff out. Thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the show. Well, hello. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. So if this is your first episode, welcome. I'm Jodi, and This is a place to talk all things special needs parenting and trying to navigate what it's like to raise a child with autism or epilepsy or whatever it is. I wanted to make this podcast because I think the first few years of kind of processing a diagnosis are the hardest. And it's one of those things that. You don't really have a lot of people in your life, most likely, that understand what you're going through. So I always wanted to seek, to, to know, to learn from other people, seek out something. And so that's why I created this podcast. And it's been, it's been a blast. But it's also been really hard. And the reason why it's hard is because doing this is totally out of my element. Podcasting is new to me. I have listened to a gazillion podcasts now over the last couple of years and I thought, you know what? Why don't I start a podcast? But it's not it's not easy. Like it's still hard. I'm on I think this is 22 episodes and I feel like a complete beginner. And this week has been interesting because My father-in-law is in the hospital, and him and my mother-in-law, they live in Oregon, and we live in California. And when we got the news that he was in the hospital, we packed everything. No, not everything. Sorry. We just packed bags and packed our travel trailer, and we drove to Oregon the same day. And You know, I pulled the kids out of school, and we just kind of dropped everything and went to the hospital. And uh, he's been in there for now. He's been in there for a couple weeks, and we've been in Oregon for a couple weeks. So it's been amazing to spend time with my father-in-law. It's been amazing to spend time with the family, with my husband's family, and with the kids. We've been um in a little tiny travel trailer for 2 weeks straight and it's been a huge bonding time spending that much time with each other it's been amazing in that sense but I kept thinking oh my gosh I haven't recorded a podcast I really need to get one done people are counting on me and I don't have anything I don't even have an outline I don't have anything and so I started to stress about it. And finally I was talking to Zach and I was like, I'm not going to be able to release a podcast this week. And it's killing me because I I want to. I want to be there for the listeners. And I just feel like I'm not able to keep up with this. And so he said, Well, let me take the girls. I'll take the girls out. We'll go do something with the girls. And you stay in the trailer and record a podcast, and so that's what he did. He took the girls, and i was I was excited because first of all, it was a break from the kids because they're a lot they're just constant they're just i mean you're you're a parent, so you totally get it. Um, And then I was just excited to be able to talk to you and record this amazing podcast. I had it all planned out. I had an outline. I had everything all ready. And I sat down to record and I couldn't get it out. I couldn't get the what was in my head. I couldn't get it out. And I looked at the clock and it had been three hours and I had re-recorded the episode twice and i knew that i wanted to do it again and i was exhausted and i was just starting to feel like who am i to even think that i can do this podcast i'm having a really hard time with it it's 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 like i it's not what i want it to be people are counting on me i'm going to let them down why did i even start this podcast like who do i think i am Who do I think I am to talk to these amazing parents? And what do I even know about parenting? Because my kids drive me crazy most of the time. And I just started to fall into this pity party and shame spiral and major imposter syndrome. Like, who am I? I don't even, I don't know anything. Like, how can I talk to anybody about anything? I can't even... Record a simple podcast, and I've already done twenty-two episodes. It should be easy by now. So I looked at the time, and I was, and it was about ten p.m. And I was thinking, okay, Zach is definitely going to come back with the girls because they need to go to bed, and he's going to come in, and he's going to say, "How was the podcast?" And I, and I'm going to say, "I didn't get it done, and that's the way that it is." So I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself and feeling like I've made a huge mistake by even thinking that I could speak to anybody about anything. I know it's really like pathetic, right? So I'm having all of these horrible thoughts and Zach calls me and he says, Remy just had a seizure. I'm on my way home. Please open up the camper. I want to get her in bed. And I said, okay. So I got everything ready. I got the bed ready, and Zach comes to the camper. He's carrying her in. He lays her down, and she's asleep. And he tells me about this seizure that she had in Home Depot. And I just felt like complete crap because I had spent the last four hours feeling sorry for myself. And feeling like i i can't do anything right and who am i to even think that i could make this work and all of that and then he's and then he's telling me about this story about home depot and he's saying she was in the cart and then i looked over and she was slumped over and her face started turning gray and i had to give her mouth to mouth and i couldn't get her out of the cart and i was yelling for help for someone to come and the employees came, and they, they helped Nora. They, they walked her around the store, and I was giving her mouth-to-mouth. And then I had to get the diastat, which is like a rectal vi- volume. I had to get the diastat and find something to cover Remy with so that I could give it to her. And the seizure lasted for four minutes, and I was, like, really scared because you weren't there, and... You know, so he's telling me the story and I know that he handled it amazingly and I felt so bad. Like I've been feeling sorry for myself for the last four hours and Remy is over here having a seizure and like, what is wrong with me? Like, I need to get over myself. Like, why, why did I just spend so much time thinking about how I wasn't good enough when there's more important things to, to deal with? And that night she had a lot of seizures and it was bad. It was one of her not so good clusters. And when I was laying in bed, kind of going over the story that Zach had told me, I was thinking, okay, so what would I have done if I were at Home Depot and that was, and that happened with just me and Zach wasn't there. And I probably would have done the same thing, but it didn't freak me out. Like, I would have gotten her out of the cart and it would have been stressful and I would have laid her down and I probably would have called for help and done exactly what he did. And I just thought, wow, like, I know what to do. I know what to do if something were to happen to Remy. But a few years ago, if someone had told me that situation, I would have thought, oh my gosh, I would have freaked out. And what's interesting is a lot of you reached out to me, um, sending me DMs and saying kind of the same thing as, I don't know how you do it. You're so strong, like watching your child suffer like that. I just, I wouldn't be able to handle it. And I thought those messages were, were interesting because that's probably my response. That's what I would say if if someone on the outside was in that situation. But the reason why I don't feel that panicky feeling is because we've done it before. We've seen her through so many seizures that we know how to take care of her. And it really got me thinking. So a couple things. First of all, the first thought was, Wow, I need to get over myself and stop being such a perfectionist because it doesn't matter if I'm not perfect. I can I can talk to you and talk to you about my experience and what I've gone through and you know, who am I to do a podcast? Who am I not to do one? And I need to just stop giving myself such a hard time and just do it. Okay, so that was the first thought. And the second thought was I think that we all have those feelings. Those feelings of inadequacy like how am I supposed to know how to raise this child with autism? How am I supposed to know what to do? My child has ADHD. What am I going to do with my kid who has all of these seizures? Like I don't I don't know what to do. And what's what's interesting is that We don't know what to do. None of us know what we're doing. None of us. I mean, we try this and that and we hope we're getting it right, but we don't really know. We just do it. We just do it and then we do it. And uh, I got one message from a mom and it really stuck with me. She said, you talk a lot about acceptance and I get it. I I get what you're saying, but I can't I can't get there. My son has autism. He got a diagnosis 3 years ago and I just can't get over it. It is really really hard and I would rather this not be my life. And that really stuck with me because I think we all feel that way a lot of the time and if we have a child that has a, some sort of disability we think that if that disability weren't there if autism weren't there then our life would be so much easier but that's not that's not true i mean it's not tr- i know it's not true because i have four kids and three of them don't have autism three of them don't have epilepsy but it's freaking hard to raise them they're at 100% of the time there is some sort of issue with each kid that we're working through, like all the time. There's something. And then when that thing is resolved, and we don't know what to do, and we figure it out, and that thing is resolved, then something else pops up. So yeah, no, it's not easy. It's not easy. And it never will be easy. But you can do it. I can do it. You can do it. And The part about I would just rather not deal with all of this, that part of the message, I thought, oh my gosh, I feel like that every day. (laughs) I would rather not hear whining. I would rather not be doing laundry. I would rather not be picking up all of the crap that my kids leave everywhere. I would rather not have to deal with backtalk and not listening and all of the stuff that parenting comes with. It's not glamorous parenting. I know that all of these really pretty images on social media make it look like people's lives are perfect, but I don't think anybody has a perfect life. I mean, I know that nobody has a perfect life. We we are we are all dealing with stuff. One of the things that keeps coming up is that we get really scared about the future. I feel like this all the time. Like if I really want to go down that rabbit hole, then I am saying things to myself like what is Remy going to be like? What is she going to be like when she's 10? Or what is she's going what is she going to be like when she's 20? Sometimes she will refuse to get in the car or she'll refuse to get dressed. And she's really strong. And so one of my fears is like, what is it going to be like when she's older? And I can't picture it. I don't know. I'm a little bit scared. And I think that that keeps coming through a lot of our minds is we can't picture the future for our children. And It's interesting because when we have kids, we kind of carve a path for them before they're even born. We know how we're going to raise them and what kind of clothes they're going to wear, what they're going to, who they're going to go with to prom. I mean, we don't really have those details, but we have everything kind of figured figured out. Like we have the roadmap. We have been preparing forever. So then we have this child that has some sort of disability. And we just, we can't imagine the future. We can't. But one thing that I've learned is that it's really important to have a plan and to have a map and to know where the road is leading. But we also have to be prepared that sometimes, sometimes something's going to come in our way. And that plan and that roadmap, it's not, It's not going to be there. It's not going to be available to us. But we have to know that when it really comes down to it, we have what it takes to figure it out. Just because you can't always see the road in front of you, it doesn't mean that you won't get to the destination. You just have to get a little crafty with it. So I was telling you that my father-in-law is in Oregon In the hospital and we've been there for the last couple weeks. Well, uh, a couple days ago I knew that I was going to be taking the kids home. They had school and ABA and I just needed to get them home and so Zach stayed with his dad in Oregon and I drove the, the kids from Oregon to California and I decided to do it at nighttime so that the girls would be asleep And, um, so that I wasn't having to try to entertain them and drive at the same time. So I prepared, I prepared as much as I could prepare. I put all of the stuff that I knew that I would need in the front seat next to me. So the wipes and the, the snacks and the drinks and all of the stuff, I had the map. I knew where to go. I knew the direction that I was going to that I was going to take. I knew exactly how long it was going to take me to get there. And I was just hoping that the girls were good, that they weren't going to have a meltdown or they weren't going to try to get out of their seat or whatever. I prepared and I planned the whole thing. So when I left, everything was great. I left around 830 at night and the girls fell right asleep and the road was clear and everything was as well as I could have asked for it to be. And then while I was driving through the mountains, it'd been a couple hours that I was driving. I was driving in the mountains, pitch black. All of the sudden, I hit this wall of fog. And I'm not very familiar with driving in fog. There's not a lot of fog where I live. I've driven in it a few times. And um, since it's not something that I am used to, I kind of panicked a little bit. Because, you know, you can see the road perfectly clear. And then as soon as you get into the fog, you can't see what's in front of you quite as well. And so I I remembered a couple things. I remembered that it's really good to just follow the lights in front of you. And so that's what I did. I, I was following the car in front of me and also just to look down at the lines in the road. And so that's what I was doing. But it was still scary because I couldn't I couldn't see next to me. I couldn't see in front of me. I was driving through the mountains. And so I it was a really curvy road um, there was also a lot of trucks like big rigs that drive that mountain. And so I was kind of worried about that as well. But I just kept looking at the car in front of me. That's all I knew how I knew what to do. And then the car in front of me disappeared. I couldn't see the lights anymore. And I kept looking down at the road at the lines in the road and all of a sudden the lines in the road disappeared. I couldn't see anything except for a white cloud in front of me. And at that point, I thought that I might die. The kids were sleeping in the back and I was thinking, this is how I end. I'm in this fog. I can't see anything. I don't know how fast I was going, but probably at least 65. And I was surely going to go over the cliff or hit a wall. And that was going to be the end of it. And this is totally like our life as special needs parents, right? When we can't see the road in front of us, we freak out and we think we're going to die. I had no other ideas of what to do except for stop in the middle of the road. And I thought if I had stopped that a car was going to slam into me. And then I was thinking, well, maybe I'll pull over. But I didn't, I didn't know where pulling over would, would be because I couldn't see anything. And then I thought, wait a minute, if I get all the way to my left and I get close enough to the center divide, maybe I could see the center divide and that will, that will be my guide. I can use the center divide as my guide. And so I did. I went over to my left. I slowed down. I was able to drive next to it until the fog went away. Sometimes I think when we are parenting, we don't we don't have the roadmap. It's like a running joke at the hospital, right? Like you're in the hospital and you you hear people say, Oh, I just wish there was a brochure I could bring home to teach me how to raise this child. Well, when you're raising a child with autism and you've no you have no idea what you're doing, you are desperate to know what's coming. Sometimes that road is not visible. Sometimes you can't you can't see you can't see in front of you. Sometimes you can't even see the ground. But the one thing that you can do is you can slow down. You you can stop trying to see the finish line and you can stop trying to finish to see the ending and just slow down and find the one thing that you can see sometimes that's all we can do is just hang on to that one thing. I got a message from someone who was saying that their their son has autism and she's a single mom. Her son has autism and she is drowning. Her son wakes up every single night in the middle of the night. She had had him in his own bed and now He's coming into her bed every single night and she just doesn't know how she can get him out of her bed. And there was a list of other things that were making her life really hard. And she was asking for advice. What do I do? I am not doing so well at this mom thing. I don't know what I'm doing. This is really hard. I'm doing I'm doing it all alone. I don't think I'll ever I'll ever be successful in anything. That was really what the message was saying. And what I told her is I said, okay, let's focus on the sleeping thing. You said that your son used to sleep in his own bed and now he's sleeping in your bed every night and you can't get him out of the bed. So I said, instead of trying to look at it like I have to get my son out of my bed or he's going to just sleep with me every night, instead of looking at those two choices, what if you just slow it down? instead of concentrating so much on how he can never sleep in bed on his own, what if you just started with little tiny baby steps? Maybe he falls asleep in your bed and then you carry him into his bed in the middle of the night. And even if he comes back into your bed, maybe that's just the first step. Like that's all you can do is just one little tiny thing. And then when you have that mastered, then you can add on more. So you put your son into his own bed and then he comes back in your bed. Well, maybe do that a couple times. And maybe after a week or two, maybe you only have to do that once. And then eventually, eventually you can put him in his own bed and he'll never come back into your bed. Now, I think sometimes when we when we see this huge mountain and we see this this long road, we don't know where it's taking us. Sometimes just focusing on that one thing that we can see, that's enough to make us feel like so, so empowered and so good. And instead of concentrating on all the messiness of our lives, just to look at that one thing that you can be really proud of. I'm going to give you a little bit of tough love and tell you get over yourself because you don't think that you can do it, but your kid needs you to do it. And even though you can't see the full road ahead of you, just look at where you've come. It's like what I realized when Zach was telling me what had happened in Home Depot. I was thinking, well, if I was in that situation, this is what I would have done. But a few years ago, if someone had told me that scenario, I would probably have thought, oh my gosh, if I was in that situation, I would freak out. And now I'm thinking, oh, I don't think I would freak out because I've I've come this far and Remy's come this far and people hearing that we have to give our daughter mouth to mouth or oxygen, it sounds insane. And it kind of is, it kind of is that you would have to do that with your kid, but you do it because that's what they need. So if you're hearing me right now, and you're in this place of uncertainty, and you don't know what your life is going to look like in five years or 10 years, and you don't know what your child's life is going to look like, and you don't know how to help them, and you're feeling unsure of yourself, and you feel like, somehow you are living the wrong life. I just want to tell you that you can do it. You can do it. I know you can do it because you've you've gotten all the way here. And it's not going to be easy. It's not. It's probably never going to be easy. And just like me, I feel like I've got 22 episodes down and it's still really hard to do these podcasts. But I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and I'm going to keep, keep going, and I'm going to continue on, and you can too. And I just want you to know that whatever you are feeling, we are all feeling that same way. We all have been there. We are all going through it. We're going through it today, yesterday, we'll be going through it tomorrow. And even though it feels hard, it's a little bit easier than it was yesterday. So I'm gonna leave you with that. I am thinking about you. I feel like I'm very connected with you now because I've heard so many of you and your stories and I have to say this. I've said this before, but I have to say this, that it's incredible the kind of people that are raising kids with special needs. It's incredible the amount of compassion, the amount of love, the amount of support, the amount of encouragement and friendship. So, I mean, what a blessing. What a blessing it is to know you. What a blessing it is that we get to do this walk of life together and that we're not alone and that we're all in this together. It's it's not easy, but we're doing it. You're doing it. I'm doing it. And I couldn't be more grateful. So have a wonderful rest of your week. If you love the podcast, please write a review. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It's like the nicest thing that you could do until next week thank you so much and I love you and have a wonderful day and talk to you soon